John, it's wonderful to have you share with us this morning. Uh, John and Helen oversee our life groups, and for those of you who weren't here last week, um, I introduced, uh, uh, gave a biblical and a, a little bit of a historical insight into um, small groups, and John is going to um, follow that up today with a bit of a practical kind of look Thank at you. the subject. Thank you, John. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate that. Uh, let's pray together, shall we? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we pray that you would bring us together by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord would be on each one of us because you have anointed us to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. Amen. So, uh, first slide, please. So, this is us living in Yorkshire, England, hence the funny accent. So, please put your hands up if you can't understand me. Um, Putting those two photos... Thank you, Peter. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Putting those two slides together, it really shows what the little ones in my arms on the first photo grow into and change your lives. Um, And that's part of our story. In 1968, I had a life-changing encounter with Jesus, which miraculously opened doors into my career as a music teacher. Second slide. So this is me in my work clothes. This encounter also led me to a passion to see others coming into a relationship with Jesus. And this is one of our early life groups. I'm the one with the hairy chin. This passion also led Helen and me to do two full-time jobs. For over about 10 years, one job was in education and the other was planting a house church, which was called Wells Christian Fellowship in the East Riding of Yorkshire. So moving on to that, and the next slide, and I'm the one in the water. And the next one, please, Kate. That's it? Yeah, that's our daughter too. So we then began traveling to the other side of the world, and uh, during that time we headed up a number of Alpha courses. little slide on that. That's one of our Alpha courses at St. Barnabas near Hull. And the last two slides, it's a C who you can recognize, because our, our life didn't end as we left Yorkshire, but just started very similarly, actually, in Australia. And the next one, be able to pick out a few of those happy, smiling faces, good-looking people. Um, Dwight Moody, who was a great preacher and teacher, was once traveling on a ship across the Atlantic. And they got about halfway across when a fire started on board the ship. And... Dwight Moody's um, assistant came up to him and he said, "Um, 
Don't you think we ought to, share, ought to pray, Brother Moody? And brother, brother Moody thought for a moment and he said, You can pray, I'll man the water buckets. And I think that story illustrates the importance of the way that the Lord has wired us up and wants to relate to us in that we have this balance between prayer and doing. This balance between what God does in our lives and what we need to do. So with that in mind, at the beginning of the year, um, Steve asked Helen and I if we would um, have a look at the life groups and begin coordinating them. So we, we prayed about this. Now, I, I felt it was a bit like a Nehemiah project. Those of you that know about Nehemiah, he was the guy that he discovered the walls of Jerusalem were broken down and burned with fire. And Nehemiah's first task was to actually go around the walls and do some planning. So I thought, well, if we're going to look at life groups, let's begin by doing some planning. So next slide, please. This brought us to looking at an appraisal, a vision, and an implementation of our life groups. Uh, these are three really good questions, whether you're in education, or you have a business, or you're in a church, because they help to solve problems. So the first question was, where are we now? What's happening at the moment? And the second question, where are we going? Which is our vision. And then lastly, what are we going to do to get there? And that's our implementation. So, where are we now? There are many positives out of our present life groups. Just give me a wave if you're in a life group. That's very encouraging. Okay, hands down. Give me a wave if you've been in a life group over the course of your life, but maybe you're not now. Okay, even more. Lovely. There are many positives in our present life groups. We have good, capable leaders. We have good fellowship and pastoral care. We have a successful unpacking of sermon notes week in, week out. We have good discussion documents provided, thanks to Steve. We have meaningful prayer sessions. And the refreshments and the meals at our life groups are something to be appreciated and enjoyed. But then there are challenges too. And as we looked at the life groups, we realized that many find weekly commitments difficult to maintain. We find that groups generally are not growing numerically, and they're certainly not multiplying. Some people have stopped attending. Uh, present structures, in other words, the way we put the life groups together, doesn't suit everybody. And leaders can become weary with ongoing demands over a long period of time. So, I felt we needed a vision for life groups. 
I'd like to read to you some verses from Luke 24. The background of this is that Jesus has died and has risen again. And two of his disciples are on their way. They're going to a place called Emmaus and they're walking along. And they've heard rumors, but they're not sure. In fact, I would say they are very skeptical about what has happened. And that's as we pick up the story. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them said, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor in Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked them. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, and they go on to explain to their guest All that has taken place. And then Jesus answers, but they still don't know who he is. And he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he would go further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? This is a vision for life groups. It's not a vision of your home, it's not a vision of something that happens in a church, but it's a vision of something that happens along a road. Jesus is interested in each one of us. He cares for each one of us, and he knows each one of us. And as these disciples were walking along the road... He meets them where they are. In verse 19, it says this. Jesus asked them, what things, what things are you talking about? It wasn't that Jesus didn't know what they were talking about. Of course he knew. But he wanted them to begin to unpack what was going on in their lives. And then later on, in verse 27, it says that Jesus explained to them. 
He wanted to show them what the truth was because he cares and he knows. And then in verse 31 it says, their eyes were opened. They had a revelation. Now there's a key verse in this story, and I think it's verse 29. And it's this, it says, they said to him, stay with us. Stay with us. You see, we need to be serious about meeting with Jesus. Wouldn't it have been tragic if at that point, when Jesus said, I'm going on, they went into their place for the night? What would have happened? But they didn't. They were serious. They wanted to know more. So they said, stay with us. And I think that's important for us in our relationship with Jesus. We need to realize that Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit will never, ever force himself upon us. We need to be open and we need to be desiring the Lord to speak to us. Somebody put it like this, that all progress in our spiritual life is made by faith. You see, it's that bit that we've got to do. It's that bit that links us to Jesus. Jesus is there. He's here now. And he could speak to you. He could speak to me. He could speak to any one of us in a moment. But he waits to be invited in. He wants us to be open. Now, this is key to our life group vision. So, I don't know where we are with the slides, but, okay, if we could go to the one plus one, I think that's the next one. Yeah. Okay, so, we think about these two guys walking along the road. One plus one. And who comes along? Jesus. And this is the vision for life group. It's the vision, really, for doing life in church. Okay? Because it's us meeting together... And it's allowing Jesus to come into that meeting. It's stay with us time. So we can have meetings and we can do all sorts of great things. But if we don't get Jesus on board, then we miss out on the real life, the real spiritual life that we need. So I started thinking, well, this didn't happen in a church. And it didn't happen in somebody's home. It actually happened on the road. So... Where could we do life groups? Jesus is happy to meet us anywhere. We could be out walking like these disciples were. We could be at a coffee shop. We could be on the golf course. We could be in our homes. We could be in our church. What's your place? Where would you like to go? Where would you like to do life? Jesus equally can meet us in anything, in any activity. What sort of things do we enjoy doing? Do we enjoy sharing meals, walking, drinking coffee, listening to music, gardening, painting, art and craft, playing footy, DIY, man's shed, 
We can do all those things. But the key is we need to invite into that space Jesus. Stay with us. All spiritual progress is made by faith. We then probably need to consider how we're going to invite Jesus into that space. Now, we, in these days of the 21st century, have just so many tools that we can use. Some are tools that didn't exist some time ago. Some are things that have always been existence. We can pray. We can look at Bible readings. We can read Bible commentaries. We can get Christian books. We can have podcasts. We can look at films. We can do Christian meditation. We can dwell in the Word. We can use Bayview sermon notes. And the list goes on. Whatever you want to do, you can do. We worship an amazing creative God. And the key... You're very good at this, Kate. We worship an amazing creative God. And one of the keys to that, to our new life groups, is creativity and diversity. Almost anyone can lead. See, I've been around churches for quite a long time. And one of the things that I've observed is that an awful lot of people sitting around thinking, I can't do that. I could never stand up there. I could never put this together. And they're usually wrong. So if you're one of those people thinking, well, you know, I've seen people doing stuff in church over the years, but I've never, I can't do that really. I, I want somebody else to do that. Can I tell you in a loving way, you're wrong? The Lord has given you the permission and the anointing to do these things. Your group can be any size, between 3 and 12. You can meet anywhere. You can do anything. But you need Jesus in there. It's a decision of will. Jesus makes a difference. So don't be afraid. Don't hold back. Life groups should be fun, exciting. They should produce life in the spirit. Growing disciples, multiplying in size, developing spiritual gifts, producing spiritual fruit, sharing joys and sorrows, challenges and blessings. What is Jesus' purpose in your life? So there's a vision, and it's a bit new. I will just say one other thing. We are not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. This is a new vision, but we already have brilliant life groups. And if it's working, we don't need to fix it. So if you're part of a group at the moment, or you're leading a group, brilliant. Go on and enjoy doing it. But if you're not part of a group, 
if you haven't plugged into life in Jesus in the church, now's an opportunity to get on board. So, we can't leave it there. What are we going to do to get there? It's a question for each one of us. I suggest begin by praying. What does Jesus want you to do? I I just have a sense in my spirit that there are people saying, I've done it over the years, and I'm past it. And I believe the Lord would say, no, you are walking with me, and I have given you the anointing to keep walking. I don't believe God wants us to retire into nothing. The Lord wants us to continue to do his work. So, if we pray about what we're going to do, how, when, and where would you like to meet? And and this is the creative bit. You know, you can be as creative as you like. Just sit there for a moment and think, what do I enjoy doing? And then the next question is, Share your thoughts with a friend. You've got a friend? Okay. How many people have a friend? Mm, well, well, some of you aren't too sure. Okay. <laughs> Share your thoughts with a friend. You know, what about this Jesus thing? Can we do life with Jesus? And could we do it together? And hey, how about inviting so-and-so along? And then we could get together. And we can do that round of golf. And, and then at the end, we can maybe just have a Jesus time. Little practical thing. Have a beginning and an end. So if you decide to do this, say, well, let's do it for five weeks, six weeks, a month, whatever. You choose. But have a beginning and an end. So that at the end of that, you really do what I've just done now. You appraise what it's been like, what's happened in your life, and what's happened as you've gone on and done it. You might want to change it. You might say, hey, this isn't, you know, it's a good idea, but it's not working the way that I wanted it to work. And there's no problem with that. You can change it. Also, you might feel at the end of your five weeks, oh, this is, this is just not working, and, and I maybe start it with some new people or some different people. We're all different, and we're all going to relate differently to each other. And, and some people you'll find easier to relate to than others. So have a beginning and an end. Be real, but be confidential. One of the most important lessons that we've learned about life groups over the years is that we need to um, be confidential. This is a very precious thing. If you're going to be vulnerable and open up your life to Jesus, at the same time you're opening your life up with the other person or people that you're with. And you've got to be honest. But equally, you need to be confidential. Whatever happens within your life group stays within the life group. There'll be days when you're down and upset about things and think, oh, you know, 
things are really bad. Um, and you'll maybe say some things. And we should have these safe places to be able to say these things. Okay, so be real, but be confidential. And then finally, um, we just like to know what you've done. So if you've set up a group, um, let Steve or myself or Helen know I've set up a group. And we've actually got some, um, <laughs> some bribes to make you do this. We, we have some wonderful journals. <laughs> Um, and we're going to be able to give you some spiritual journals, but I'd like to speak about that at another time, and um, we'll, we'll explain what to do with those. So you get a, a free gift if you actually start a uh, life group. Must, must be worth doing. And, um, at, uh, and I, I think you'll find those very beneficial, but I don't want to go into that today. Okay, so today we need an Emmaus road experience. We, that's all of us, need an Emmaus road experience. Even if you decide, I don't want to be involved with a life group. We all need an Emmaus road experience. Let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you still speak to us today. Lord, we thank you that you are risen indeed. And because you are risen indeed, we can meet with you in all sorts of places, at all times, and with all sorts of people. Lord, we want to say to you afresh this morning that we would like to open up our hearts and our minds and say to you, stay with us. That we might receive that revelation not just on one day, but each day that we live, that we might know that we walk with you and that you are working in our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to do the things that you have called us to do, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Thank John. You. Well done, John. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. We're going to pray for John and Helen and commission them to uh, the role that they've uh, taken on board. If I could invite the leadership community as well. I know Mike's away, but um, members of our leadership community and pastoral team. And if you could stretch forth your hands. They've got a um, tremendous responsibility of um, nurturing um, community within the life of our, of our church. And we want to um, pray at the equipping of the Spirit of God upon them this morning. Loving God, we thank you for John and for Helen. We thank you, Lord, that you have, um, God, given them this uh, concept of uh, one plus one plus Jesus. And God, our hearts are excited by the possibilities that could um, emerge, Lord, from, um, from, from this thought. And we pray, Lord, that um, you would equip them. Lord, with all of the resources that they need, Lord, to uh, steer and guide and nurture, Lord, uh, the small groups within uh, our church here at Bayview. God, we pray that you would prompt people from this morning to, um, God, uh, begin to think or to take up the challenge of, of, of leadership, of drawing uh, a group of people around them. And, Father, we look forward in the days that lie ahead to being, being able to commission uh, life group leaders, Lord, uh, in, uh, uh, from this place. That, Lord, there would be many, many people. 
God um, involved in uh, engaging uh, with others mm. that their faith might come alive mm. uh, in your presence, Lord. Mm. And so in the name of Jesus, mm. uh, gift this couple, grace them, empower them, we mm. pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Amen.